Welcome to Biohack Your Beauty. I am your host, Dora Vandekamp, and I'm here to help you find the most powerful beauty biohacks, nutrition principles, lifestyle habits, and spiritual practices for optimal well-being. My podcast offers tools to help you discover how to exude inner and outer beauty, how to design a life of deep sensuality, joyful relationships, divine adventures, and freedom from disease. Most of all, I created this podcast to join you in co-creating a better world by standing in our own power and emanating our own authentic beauty. Let's biohack the mind, body, and soul, and let's do it together. Hi, beautiful people. I'm so excited to bring you this dynamic new episode all about a form of revolutionary healing called theta healing. Theta healing harnesses the power of the theta brainwave to restructure and upgrade your subconscious belief system, which is directly responsible for about 95% of your behavior and mostly got programmed when you were between the ages of 0 and 5 years old. Today's guest is Alexis Ware, founder of the Theta School of Magic. Alexis is an energy expert and life strategist from Los Angeles, California, specializing in the art of energetic communication and the wake-up of desire. A licensed acupuncturist with 10-plus years of experience as a professional theta healer, Alexis is an authority on upgrading subconscious belief systems to bring clarity to desire and to create the life of one's dreams. Alexis has taught classes all over the United States and most recently in Turkey on the power of unconditional love and the effects of subconscious beliefs on health, happiness, and success. Alexis shares her immense wisdom with us as we delve into a variety of topics, including the restructuring of limiting beliefs through theta healing, orgasmic meditation, and energetic beauty biohacking. Alexis also holds a very special and very powerful Theta Healing Session for Biohack Your Beauty listeners, and it is absolutely groundbreaking. I felt the effects of it myself after our interview, so I am very happy that I get to share her incredible work with all of you. Today's show has been brought to you by one of the most amazing technologies that is out there to help your body regenerate cells. Biophoton Services provides a revolutionary approach to how the body is healed. It's a holistic method that addresses the physical, mental, and emotional elements of well-being. Biophoton Services utilizes an advanced biophoton resonance filter that is able to recalibrate the body's own light emissions, also known as biophotons, that govern the health of each cell. This process is done by measuring the meridians on the hands and toes, looking for disturbances correlated to the organ. Chaotic light, known as blockages, can be neutralized and coherent light amplified, ultimately restoring the foundation of the client's health so they regain the capacity for self-healing. 
In today's world, we are exposed to many forms of toxicity, including environmental pollutants such as GMOs, chemicals, heavy metals, and electromagnetic radiation that inhibit the body's immune system to self-govern and communicate. Biophoton therapy is non-invasive and regenerates healthy cells from the inside out. It's also one of my favorite beauty biohacks. If you mention my name, you will get 20% off of your first visit. Just go to www.biophotonservices.com. All right, beautiful biohackers. I know you are so excited to hear this show. I am so honored and excited to share it with you. Without further ado, Alexis Ware. So welcome to the show, Alexis. How are you doing today? I'm feeling great. How are you? I'm good. I'm really good. I'm so excited to talk to you. Yes, I'm really happy to be here. Hey. Um, so this is something totally new for a lot of people. I think a lot of people have never even heard of theta healing or theta waves. So can you talk a little bit about theta healing? Absolutely. Yeah. It's what I do all the time is talk about Theta Healing. Yay. <laughs> so yeah, my name is Alexis Ware and I started getting into Theta Healing in 2006, so like 12 years ago, while I was in acupuncture school and I was having a recurring tonsil infection that I just couldn't kick with acupuncture, with herbs, with anything that I did. And so I started digging a little bit deeper to start to investigate other modalities that might get it from a, an angle that I hadn't looked at yet. And while I was looking for a really amazing hypnotherapist, I stumbled upon Theta Healing and uh, had my first experience with a professional Theta Healer who later became my teacher in 2006. This was all happening in San Diego. And so the basics of Theta Healing is that everyone has what we consider to be psychic abilities. They've gotten this label as you know psychic and special and extraordinary and superpowers. But in truth, we actually all have them. And we've kind of lost touch with them over the centuries as we've really developed our prefrontal cortex and our logic problem-solving parts of our brains and put so much emphasis on the importance of being able to solve problems and work things out logically and analytically. And so theta healing has only been around by this name for like 20, 25, 30 years, something like that. A woman named Viana Steibal, she rediscovered it. But she says that it's an ancient Egyptian healing art that everyone used to know how to do. And so she received in downloads in meditation while she was attempting to heal herself of cancer, some information about how to do an instant healing, how to restructure her DNA. And she facilitated that instant healing on herself, healed herself of cancer. And then she began to teach this modality by asking to be shown again, like, what is it exactly that I did? And so through repeatedly going into meditation and diving deeper and deeper and asking the questions to have it be slowed down and really shown to her play by play, 
she created this modality that we now know as theta healing, which is this repeatable meditation that we can use to get our brains into the theta brainwave, which takes us out of the logic of the prefrontal cortex and allows us to activate all of those other, what we would normally consider superpowers, but are really just our regular everyday actual powers (laughs) and use them for instant healing. And because the theta brainwave, for those who aren't familiar, that's where we go every night when we're dreaming. It's REM sleep. And it's associated with um, very deep states of relaxation, um, really spiritual energy. So whenever you have like a very heightened spiritual experience, like if you climb a mountain and you're standing on the top of that mountain in that aha moment where everything just gets like super quiet and you feel your connection to the air and everything that's out there and nothing all at the same time, that's the theta brainwave. And, um, Stephen Kotler has actually been doing a lot of research about the brain waves and he wrote the rise of Superman and he talks about how people are now able to achieve what used to be considered superhuman feats. Like snowboarders are able to jump further than what anybody thought was possible according to physics. And this is because they're tapping into flow states, which is circulating through the different brain waves and then getting into uh, theta and gamma brain waves predominantly. And so that's basically the same thing that we've learned how to hack into without having to go through all the rigorous training to become a professional snowboarder with Thank theta. goodness. Cause snowboarding <laughs> is really hard. <laughs> so I actually teach people how to access this flow state, this theta brainwave in a three day long course. Wow, that's amazing. How cool is that? So cool. (laughs) And so in this course, what are some of the things that you teach? I mean, like, Mm -hmm. it's it's very mythical sounding. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds mythical, but it's also very scientific. So I teach about the brain waves. I teach about um, the science behind DNA and the structures of the DNA and how the hydrogen bond is actually the simplest bond to break in chemistry and how we can actually, we have the power to restructure our DNA and heal our DNA. So you'll love this. Actually, one of the things that we do in basic theta is awaken the sleeping youth and vitality chromosomes. What? That sounds amazing. Yeah. So Viana, the founder of Theta Healing, she talks about how in this day and age, we're being introduced to more and more toxins in the environment coming from all different kinds of angles. Mm -hmm. And also there's the internal toxins of the emotions and the negative thought systems and patterns, right? So we've got all these toxins and We have what she calls the shadow strands in, they're like memory. They're like shadow memories of this youth and vitality chromosome that used to be active in our DNA and became dormant. And so she talks about when we activate this DNA, it actually protects us from all of these environmental toxins and poisons that we're creating so that we can actually survive what we're doing here on this planet. So it's mm-hmm. almost kind of like a, I mean, it sounds, if you're spiritual at all, it sounds kind of like it's tapping into something with a higher purpose because we are on this earth to do something important. You know, we're not just here to, I mean, we're here to have fun and be joyful, but we're all here with a larger purpose. So in a way, that's kind of 
protecting us so that we can fulfill those greater, you know, missions that we all have. Right. Well, the concept is that we actually are all spiritual. So it's not a question if we're spiritual. Everyone is spiritual. We're all spiritual beings having a human experience. It's just that some of us have forgotten it at a more deep level than others. Wow. <laughs> so what I do and what you do and what many people are here on the planet to do is help wake people up and remind people that this is what we are and who we are and what we're here to do. And that this outer reality that we're looking at right now, it is not what we can create. There is so much more. And when we remember and tap into that place that is in us, that is unconditional love, which is the foundation of theta healing, we no longer want to take more for ourselves when it hurts someone else, because we recognize I'm unconditional love. So are you. So if I hurt you, if I take from you and have more for myself, that's actually hurting me. Mm -hmm. And so unconditional love, what does that mean? What does that look like? Totally. I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> so the, the meditation that we use to get our brains into the theta brainwave we take a part of our consciousness or our attention, our energy, and we drop it into the earth. So we connect to that grounding, nurturing Mother Earth presence and get anchored there. Then we take that same part of our consciousness up through our bodies and up through our energetic fields, which for those of you who are super new to this whole thing, energetic fields that used to be called auras and people thought it was kind of woo woo, but now science is proving that humans actually emit an electromagnetic frequency around their physical bodies. We emit light and have a magnetic force. So we take that part of our consciousness, we pull it up through our bodies and our energetic field and witness our chakras being opened and aligned, which awakens our Kundalini energy. And then we travel that same consciousness actually up and out of our crown and take it up, 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 all the way to what we call in Theta Healing, the seventh plane of existence. And the seventh plane of existence is the energy of pure creation which is also unconditional love. And Viana, the, the founder of this practice, she talks about the same time that you're going up and out and traveling higher to reach this unconditional love, it's simply a metaphor for our human minds to understand where we're going. Like she talks about the seven planes, they're just a framework of reference for our human mind to get the workings of the universe, but they don't actually exist in terms of you can begin to part those veils and recognize that there is no separation. So the same time we're going up and out to connect to this, all that is above us, we're deeply, deeply going within us to connect to the deepest, smallest, tiniest little atom and particle inside of our bodies. And that same energy of pure creation, that same unconditional love lives inside of each and every one of our cells. With wow. theta healing, what we do is we connect to the earth, open and align our chakras, connect to that source, that pure energy of creation or unconditional love. And then we use that energy of unconditional love to facilitate healing. And the way that we do that is through a process of witnessing. So a theta healer is basically just a witness to their own or someone else's healing, which is being facilitated by the unconditional love. We're just watching it. 
And so one of the predominant things that we do with Theta Healing and what Theta Healing is probably the most well known for is the belief work. So we work with shifting people's and our own subconscious belief systems using the Theta Brainwave to make that connection so that the subconscious beliefs are in alignment with who we really are and who we want to be on this planet rather than sabotaging us. So most of the subconscious beliefs, they get programmed when we're between zero and five years old. So if you can imagine, lots of stuff goes down during that time. Like my parents got a divorce. There was all kinds of emotional upheaval and trauma. So there were a lot of belief systems that went into place that got hardwired into my brain computer that as an adult, I've had to go back and restructure so this is one of the, the main things that I wanted to talk to you with you about because we're so on the same page here is that years ago, before I discovered theta healing or orgasmic meditation or acupuncture or any of the different modalities that I've done, I really had a, a lot of fear in my body and I had a lot of self-hatred based on these faulty beliefs that I took on growing up and low self-esteem and just feeling not beautiful and body image issues. And so today being here with you now, like I just, I had a moment, like even though everyone's just listening on audio, we're here face to face and seeing each other's visuals. So I had a moment when I was getting ready and I was like, Oh, looking in the mirror, I was like, Oh wow. I still have that huge zit on my nose. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Which I don't there. see, by the way, I don't see it at all. <laughs> yeah. I was like, okay, cool. And it was just like a, a moment of noticing and recognizing that it was there, yeah. but it didn't create any kind of like freezing in me or stopping or holding or really make me go into any kind of negative um, spiral in my brain about thought patterns about myself. Mm -hmm. And this is because of all the work that I've done over these years to love myself and to cultivate this sense of beauty from within. So that when something does erupt in the external, I'm just like, oh, okay, I see you. You're there. I'm doing a candida cleanse. It makes sense. I'm cleansing stuff out of my system. Cool. But I don't have to make it mean that I'm ugly or I'm not good enough or I should be ashamed right. like it used to. Mm-hmm. Right? And it is, I mean, zits like they're kind of a cool thing because it's just your body telling you that your body's in tune. It knows what it's doing. It's getting rid of stuff, but also you're radiant. You're beautiful. (laughs) You glow like your energy is magnificent. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, you are physically gorgeous, but you can see that the beauty within that's what makes you glow. That's what's you're so passionately talking about these things that make you filled with love and, and, purpose. And that's the beauty about you really, you know? Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. I love giving real life examples because it just kind of brings it down to a very like grounded level that people can relate to and identify with. So like, for example, um, last week I went to this amazing ecstatic dance, a five rhythms, ecstatic dance. And I shared this epic dance with a stranger I didn't know his name, didn't know anything about him. And we went so deep and got so vulnerable in our movement together. Afterwards, he came up to me and said, 
I kind of almost want to know where you came from, but I also kind of don't. And then just sort of left <laughs> and we exchanged names and then he left <laughs> and <clears throat> he found me on Facebook and uh, he told me like how impactful of an experience it was and how he was still working its way through his system. And he was kind of curious about me as a human and like wanted to know who this human is, who he shared this like deep, intimate experience with. And so we actually met for lunch yesterday. Oh my and, gosh. Yeah. And so in the past, like many years ago before Theta and all these other modalities that I've done, I would have been so nervous. I remember back when I used to be so nervous to meet a new person or to go on a date with a man and just have all those thoughts like, am I pretty enough? Is he going to notice that my stomach is a little poochy? You know, like all those things that we as women tend to, to think and like drive ourselves crazy with. And yesterday I just had this really beautiful witnessing an acknowledgement of myself as I was sitting at the, the Topanga living cafe, <laughs> you know, creating an Instagram post about freedom being an inside job. And just like not a thought in my head about how he was going to perceive me mm-hmm. because I love myself that much that I am already giving myself what I need. And so I don't need to get it from a man or from a beauty product or from a surgical alteration to my appearance. It's just already intact and living inside of me. And then it opens me up to be able to meet this person and any other person with actual presence Mm -hmm. because my attention isn't caught up inside of myself worrying about what they're going to think of me, if they're going to like me or if they're going to accept me because I've already accepted myself. And that's so amazing because in our world, we're so worried about what other people are thinking of us. What other people are perceiving us as are we looking successful are we looking skinny enough are we going to you know make our partner feel like we're the only person because you know love is so much about possession I think in a way and in our Mm -hmm. culture too and so Mm -hmm. I think that's beautiful because those are the things that kind of limit us from being our authentic selves absolutely yes How amazing. What a beautiful experience. Talk a little bit about ecstatic dance because LA, that is something people I think experience, but in a lot of other parts of the country or the world, maybe that's Mm -hmm. not something that people know about yet. Yeah, absolutely. I first got introduced or exposed to ecstatic dance way back in like 2007, 2008, when I was living in San Diego. And um, I have a dance background. I love dance. I I was going to become a dance therapist um, before I took a different route and went towards acupuncture and theta healing and coaching. Um, But I still have a huge passion for it. And I've always felt for me that dance is healing. And it is one of the ways that I tap into my creativity. And yet, when I was very young and I went to ballet class, it was so structured that I felt like there wasn't actually a whole lot of room for that creativity to come out. And then in undergrad with the modern, I felt there was because the movement itself to me lended itself. It it felt more natural. And then I studied a little bit of choreography and learned how to get my voice out with movement and through movement. And so when I discovered ecstatic dance, it was kind of like this, 
answer. You know, it was like this big, wide open room that is held in a, in a really beautiful container where silence is encouraged in terms of no talking, no verbal communication, and there's no judgment. So nobody is critiquing you, your movement. Nobody is judging whether it's good enough or pretty enough, or if you look good enough or what you might need to do differently. And it's usually held by a facilitator and maybe that facilitator is also the DJ. Um, and the, the DJ usually takes the room on a journey and we'll maybe start slowly and everybody's kind of, you know, stretching and rolling around on the floor and working things out and getting in touch with what's happening inside of them emotionally, energetically, and physically. And then the DJ gently and gradually builds the music more and more and more until there's really high peaks, you know, towards the middle and towards the end of the dance where people are super charged and energized and just like really pumped up. But again, it's free form movement. So you don't have to move in any particular way. It's however your body is inspired to move as long as you're being respectful of the other people in the space and aware of who else is in the space and what they're, they're doing. Um, so it, there's opportunities on the dance floor for contact if you choose to have it but it's not expected or required. And a nonverbal no signal is always acknowledged and respected. So like you can prayer hand someone to let them know you're done dancing with them or no, thank you. You can kind of turn your head away or close your eyes if you're not really interested in engaging. But when we do engage, then there's opportunities for contact improv, which is the kind of dance that I shared with that man, where now we're exploring free form movement but in connection with another person. And then you get to see what gets born out of that connection. Because there's, there's a lot of inquiry that we can do within ourselves when we're moving alone and we can have epiphanies and deep connection to source and spirit and our bodies and all that is. And then when we bring in another person, it's like, oh, okay, it takes us out of what sometimes can be our limited little range of comfort zone movement. And then all of a sudden we're like, Oh, what am I doing now? How am I relating with this person now? What are they bringing and how is that informing me? That must be interesting because you really have to put aside yourself, any self-consciousness that you have, because you're really vulnerable in that. I mean, in a way, like you're not that you're vulnerable, you know, or unsafe, but you're vulnerable in the sense that you're being really, really, open and like kind of just like raw totally and this is one of the things that I love the most about ecstatic dance and contact dance is that opportunity to get vulnerable and be raw with another person it is what ha attracted me a large part of what attracted me to orgasmic meditation which is literally getting naked with another person and I don't know if you're familiar with that modality yeah let's talk about it please <laughs> I saw you taking a note when uh -huh. I mentioned <laughs> What's that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, back in 2013, I was a professional theta healer living in LA, had a really thriving, happy practice. You know, I was teaching theta healing, was going about my life business. And um, what I wasn't fully in touch with or maybe didn't want to admit was that I was living predominantly from my heart chakra upward and I was ignoring everything below my heart chakra. <laughs> 
<laughs> and so I was, and as a Scorpio, that's like not, not a natural state of being for me. I'm a highly sexual person, but because of my upbringing and training and conditioning, and then the route that I went of, you know, kind of stepping into like a more spiritual archetype, I started denying my body's natural desires. And, um, also because of the low self-esteem and self-worth things that came with the childhood, that stuff that I mentioned, um, not wanting to own my desire for fear of rejection. And the fear of rejection was so strong that it had me not even be willing to admit my own desires. And so it was at this point in my life when I'd been abstaining from sex for like over a year and being, you know, so quote unquote spiritual that I discovered orgasmic meditation, which is a partnered meditation practice that involves stroking the clitoris for 15 minutes without a goal other than to feel the sensation that is occurring inside of your own body and stay present to the connection between the finger and the clitoris. And so this practice, it blew, blew my mind. It like shattered a lot of belief systems that I had. And I got really deep into the practice. Um, for three years, I studied with Nicole Daydon, who's the founder of that practice, really in depth one-on-one um, -on -one and in group settings. And I took the coaching program through her and One Taste, which is the company that teaches this practice. And that is actually my background with my life coaching. I'm a desire, love, sex, intimacy, relating connection coach that is all based in this orgasmic training. Wow. And so through that process, I began to see that it wasn't that I didn't have desire. It was that I was denying my desire and that I had cut myself off from my desire. And so I had to get really real and really honest in this three year deep dive and look at some parts of myself, my shadow, you know, where there's actually so much power. You know, that's one of the things that I really learned there is especially as women, we try to hide our shadow. We're afraid of seeing it. We're afraid of men seeing it. We think that we're unlovable because of it. We don't want, you know, it's like at all costs, we got to delay the man finding out we have the shadow for as long as possible and try to get him to love us <laughs> or be hooked with us before he discovers that we even have it. And so I just like deconstructed all of that and really began to see the power in my shadow and the beauty in it and what it's actually there for and what purpose it serves. And so through that, I began to integrate all of my chakras and it made me a better theta healer. It made me a more well-rounded acupuncturist and it taught me how to follow the thread of connection in conversation. So it makes me a better interviewee. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. All I have like so many questions, but I think that a lot of women can relate to that because they are living from their heart chakra up. And I mean, I've kind of heard it as a buzzword as far as, you know, I've heard several people kind of mention it here and there, but I've never really delved into it. And also it takes very, I think a lot of courage to go in be like, okay, I'm going to lay down to this, lay down next to this person that I don't know and be naked and, you know, just go for it. I mean, that, 
what were what happened the first time that that you did that what was going through your mind totally well since i took the training the intro to ohm course back in 2013 some things have changed and they no longer have the practicum as a part of that course they still teach the all day full full day long course where they teach the philosophy and they explain the practice and where it came from and their life stories and how it impacted them and then they do a live demo of it but they they took out the practical lab optional practical lab at the end of the day where everyone who was in the class used to have the opportunity to stay and partner wow. up with the class and do the practice right there on the spot with all the coaches there to support. Oh and gosh. so my intro to Ohm course was still set up that way where there was the practicum. So, you know, the whole day, every single person in the class is looking around the room like, like this with their eyeballs, like this huge <laughs> and just like, head pulled back. Like, like, am I going to own with someone in this room? Is somebody going to touch my clitoris? Like, and the men are like, am I going to touch one of these women's clitoris? Like, oh my God. Oh Everyone's gosh. like, like they call it too mess. It's just like all this unpotentiated sexual energy in the room totally. that has a, like shaking almost. Yeah. So they took you, they took us through a lot of um, different exercises, like games and, and things like that, that had us by the end of the day feel comfortable enough. And they taught us um, multiple ways to say yes and no and to practice our yes and no so that we knew that if someone came up and asked us, would you like to have a no, we could say no. And it was a totally acceptable answer. So by the end of the day, I actually felt comfortable enough to go up and approach someone. And so I asked him, would, would you like to home? And he got so lit up and happy. And he was like, I was actually going to ask oh you. Oh my gosh. And we're still friends to this day. He's actually taken my basic theta healing class. Oh, and so cool. I bumped to him, into him at Ecstatic Dance a few weeks ago. <laughs> and uh, he's a very sweet, special person. And so anyway, I just remember all of the women before the practicum, like the class let out, there's a little break, like a five, 10 minute break. And then we're going to go do this practice of ohm. We're all lined up in the bathroom. There's like a line down the hallway and like everybody wants to go like check themselves out and like extra wipe things off and like make sure they don't smell. And like everyone was so nervous. I think I went to the bathroom like three times. And then later on, as I began to hold space for these classes, I used to, you know, witness the women coming in and going through that same experience that I had and just knowing exactly what it was like to be in that spot of about to have your pussy stroke potentially by a stranger for the first time. Oh my gosh. What? I mean, I bet you like, I mean, probably listeners, cause I'm like going like in my head, I'm like, wow, wow, wow. It's just like mind blown, you know? You didn't know we were going here today, did you? It really, like, how cool is that? That that is something that people are so confused about this. Why don't I have sexual desire? Why don't I feel passion? Why, you know, am I, I love my partner or I love the other sex or the same sex. Why don't I have desire? So that's so cool that we're talking about this because this could help people or this can answer questions. Absolutely. And speaking about youth and vitality, I can honestly say I have never felt so much energy moving through my body as I did during those three years of an almost daily practice of orgasmic meditation. And it really does wake up sexual desire and all other kinds of desire. And it wakes us up to our power. And it just 
kind of burns off and strips away all of the protections that we've placed on top of it and us Mm -hmm. so that we don't have to confront that desire and actually see our power and feel it. Yeah. And I mean, if, if we think about it, you know, you said like you were from the heart chakra up. So if you think about the three chakras that are below the heart chakra, I mean, the three big ones, you know, it's the, the sacral chakra and the solar plexus and the root chakra. And those are all three really important chakras for your well-being. And it's, it's, Part of why we see this phenomenon of people who get really into different spiritual practices and yoga and and types of things like that, walking around like very airy and like really smiley and like really happy, but maybe they don't have a house to live in or maybe they don't have any money and maybe they can't ground to their vision and their future and their goals. It's because they're so in the upper chakras and I'm speaking from experience that it's like, oh yes everything is love. It's all pure love. I don't need that. And no, maybe you don't need that. You can be totally happy without it. And sometimes it's really nice to ground it to earth and then create with that energy. Mm -hmm. So using the root chakra to ground to the earth, the sacral chakra to use, use that sexual energy to create with, and then using the power of the Manipura, the manifesting chakra in our solar plexus to actually like ignite everything else so it's it's holding a masculine pole and can do 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 and so yeah I feel like such a more integrated whole being with uh you know fluency and communication between all of the chakras now (laughs) that's so I'm interested and this is probably really going down the rabbit hole because you're already (laughs) there but I mean um, so what about people who have like sexual trauma? Because there's yeah. a lot of, I mean, there's men, but there's a lot of women who have sexual trauma, even from childhood or just in general from past relationships or past lives even. Um, so yeah. what, what is kind of the approach and, and what would you say about that? Yeah. Well, I, I like to tackle things from multiple angles because I feel like it's really effective that way. So, um, orgasmic meditation can definitely help with sexual trauma, um, because those memories, they get stored in the body, in the cells. And so through the act, the physical act of having the clitoris stroked and even through the act of observation, like in the very beginning of an ohm, the stroker will notice out loud three things about your pussy. They'll say, I notice there's a slight sheen in the, just above the the left outer labia. And, or, you know, I notice there's like a tiny red dot just, and so it's like, whoa, you're having your, your pussy physically witnessed and then verbally acknowledged by someone. So that is really actually healing as confronting as it is. That's how healing it is because we have so much shame around. We've been taught shame around our genitalia as women. And so having it noticed in that way that is without any flourishment, there's, there's no, um, it's not acceptable to notice it with any kind of like a, Oh, it's, I noticed a beautiful yellow blah, blah. You can't put an adjective like beautiful in there. You can't put any judgment in there. It has to be totally just pure observation without anything inserted. And that is super healing in and of itself. And then you come to the actually having the physical stroking, which, um, 
brings things up to the surface and it has us be able to feel that things that got locked away in there, however long ago they got locked away. And it can be frightening. It can feel scary, overwhelming, but there's this container that you're inside of. It's only 15 minutes long. There's nothing expected of you at the end. And then at the, when the 15 minutes of stroking is done, you share a moment verbally that you felt a sensation in your body, then you pack up your nest and you leave. You don't have to give a hug. You don't have to have a cup of coffee. You don't have to make a sandwich. It's done. (laughs) (laughs) It's really revolutionary. And then I really like to um, get at it from the theta healing perspective as well, because using the theta, the theta brainwave, we can go in and we can access the original trauma. We can access that moment because theta healing is a quantum healing. So it is not bound by the laws of space and time as we know them. So we can actually go backward along the timeline and heal the original incident and recreate new neuronal pathways in the brain so that when you think about that person, when you think about that incident, your brain is not just firing along that same very grooved out pathway that it's been firing and has been kind of reiterating the trauma and grooving it deeper and deeper. You now all of a sudden have like a new train track laid down that your brain can shoot down that neuronal pathway instead and make new connections that have you feel differently about the experience so that you're no longer reliving and re, you know, kind of like putting it in deeper every time you think about that experience. I think for some people, they've experienced other modalities or other types of therapy. And so maybe they've gone to like a talk therapist or something. And so when they do go through that talking about that trauma, it just feels more painful and more painful, but it doesn't feel like you're actually getting anywhere. It just feels like you're reliving it and it's icky kind of. Right. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. Talk therapy has its place. And I have a lot of, um, psychotherapist friends who I deeply respect and appreciate them out there doing what they're doing in the world. And I have right on the front page of my website, one of my clients testimonials, which is that theta healing is like 10 years of therapy in one hour. Wow. That's because, huge. Cause I've been through 10 years of therapy. <laughs> so, that'd be, be nice to get another 10 years in just an hour. <laughs> totally. Because we don't need to talk about everything because we are actually by, we're going just underneath. We're going straight past the frontal lobes and the prefrontal cortex and going right to where the emotion or the energy of the thing is stored in the subconscious psyche and in the cells of the body and the energetic field. And then we are restructuring that energy with your permission. So the way theta healing works is that I'll see something that you know, source energy, what unconditional love, whatever you want to call it is showing me is not serving the client in the highest and best way. And then I ask verbally, can we clear this out of your space? Can we move this? Can we remove this? Can we pull and release this? If they say yes out loud, that's when I witness the, the healing of the unconditional love or the creator of all that is. And so then we can ask, I can tune into the creator using all of my quote unquote psychic senses and ask, okay, what do we replace this with? What do they need to receive? I get an answer. I ask verbal permission of the client. Can we download you with blah, blah, blah. 
And so what it does is it restructures the subconscious belief systems and the energy that's laid into the cells of the body uh, at a very core and deep level instantaneously. And so without any effort on the client's part, they're then able to create new things in their lives, make new decisions, have new thought patterns because we shifted the energy at the root. Wow. (laughs) I want, like, I just can think of so many people. I mean, I'm sure everybody can, but I, you know, I have friends who have, um, like addiction issues and what an amazing and powerful gift that is to be able to go and do theta healing And, you know, possibly the other amazing things that you do as well. But to be able to do that and and go in and and instead of being hopeless, because I worked in a recovery center for two years and watching people come back or people die or people have this painful, painful experience of feeling hopeless and helpless, like what an amazing thing to just be able to do theta healing and and clear those those things. It's just like, yeah. makes me so emotional. That's amazing. Yes. And, um, I'm glad that you mentioned that because, uh, addiction is one of my specialties as well. And it's something that's really, really close to my heart because of a lot of addiction in my family and in my history. And so I understand this thing, like really from the inside out. And so, I love being able to support people um, who are struggling with or have experiencing pain and challenge and difficulty with addiction. And back when I was practicing more acupuncture and less theta healing, I used to run an acupuncture clinic for addiction in my home. And I did the NADA protocol on people. And I, I absolutely love, love working with people with addictions because it's like, when someone is dealing with addiction, it's, it's, it's almost like this really heightened, uh, exaggerated distraction from who they are and what they're here to do. And there's all different kinds of reasons we take them on and have them and get intertwined with them. And when I work with someone with an addiction and the addiction starts to fall away, it's like, I get to watch that person be born. I get to watch that real actual person who's just under the surface of that addiction actually come to life. And it's one of the most rewarding and beautiful things to witness. And just remembering that no matter how drastic a person's situation seems or how ugly things might look on the outside, that everyone is beautiful on the inside. Everyone has a gift to give to this planet, even when they themselves have forgotten. That's often, often the case is that people have forgotten. And so they're in a state of constant, just not, yeah, self-hatred or, or just kind of like this, this constant like voice in their head saying that they're not worthy or that they're not, they're not loving or, I mean, they're not lovable. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I'm so excited. I can't wait to share this. Yes. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm really excited. Um, because I'm working on a project that's going to help bring Theta Healing to more people. Because up until now, I have predominantly been working with clients one-on-one and more recently facilitating group Theta Healings. And eventually, I will be doing that 
on an online platforms to reach even more people with the group theta healings. But for right now, I'm working on a project that is pre-recorded theta healing audios so that eventually when this is project is ready to launch, people will be able to go on my website and hopefully iTunes and wherever else and just click on theta healing audio for anxiety, theta healing audio for depression, theta healing audio for people pleasing and just receive these 20, 30, 45 minute long um, pre-recorded audios that give all the downloads and all the clearings that are connected to that topic. Ooh, Theta Healing for People Pleasing. I could sign yes. up for that. <laughs> I, know, I know a couple of people, including myself, that probably would benefit from that particular one. I send you that one. Talk about a rabbit hole. Um, <laughs> so what about psychic ability? Is that something mm-hmm. that is also a component of Theta Healing? Yeah, so like I was saying in the beginning, we all have this quote-unquote psychic ability. Yeah. Um, There's the different psychic senses which live in the different chakras. There's clairvoyance and clairaudience and the empathic sense and um, channeling the prophetic sense. And so with theta healing, what we do is we employ all of those psychic senses. And the, the key is practice. So we all have them and it's like a muscle. So, you know, it's like me telling every single person out there, oh yeah, you can totally lift like, you know, like 300 pound weights. Like a a large segment of the population is going to be like, no, no, actually I can't. But that's because we haven't been working out those muscles that would allow us to do that. And it's only the small percentage of the population who's just super into working out and lifting weights that would be like, yeah, yeah, I totally can. So right now there's a super small percentage of your listening audience that's like, oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I can. I've already activated that. I've got it. I'm doing it. I'm psychic, whatever. And then like the other 97, 8 percent of people are like, no, no, I'm not psychic or it's not very accurate or I can't always access it. So it's really about going to the gym. It's about going to the psychic gym. So with Theta Healing, you can learn how to do the practice in a three-day course, and then it's up to you to practice, right? Mm -hmm. So the more that we practice anything, the better that we get at it. And the more that I work with other people, the more adept I become at reading psychic energy and information that's just present in the electromagnetic fields all the time. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. I, yeah. I I love that because there's a lot of people who really, they have that feeling of like, yeah, I feel like I have some kind of psychic ability or maybe I, I feel things or I hear things, but they don't really know what to do with it and they don't really know how to tune into that. So that's really cool. Totally. And it has a lot to do with tuning out the distraction of the world that we live in because, you know, I'll just give voice to it. The world that we're living in right now in, in the United States and a lot of other parts of the world is designed in a way to actively cut us off from our psychic senses because the entities that benefit, uh, monetarily and otherwise, from us not activating those psychic senses and not working them out in the psychic gym, they're they're putting large sums of money into keeping us cut off from those psychic senses. So it really takes like um, 
listening to that little internal voice, as soon as you hear it, that's like, go, go outside and go sit by that tree. Like, cause what, what happens is, and I was in uh, Turkey last year working on a, a book with my friend, Shaman Durek. And so he talks a lot about this. Um, and just the whispers of the darkness, right? So it's like, um, for, from the shamanistic perspective, from shamanism, it's the darkness whispering in our ears from the theta healing perspective. It's our own negative subconscious belief systems and programs that are whispering in our ears, but it's just two different ways of looking at the same thing, the same energy. So we get a hit from our intuition or our body, something inside of us, our soul, our spirit, our body, whatever you want to call it, tells us what to do. It's like, go, go sit by that tree for 10 minutes. And then we hear that whisper and it's like, oh, but you're too busy. Oh, you don't have time for that. Oh, people are going to think you're weird if you get barefoot and go stand on that grass. Right. And so then we don't actually let ourselves go inside of the psychic mental gym because we're like, our attention is distracted out here in everything else that there is to be doing and watching and buying or scrolling. Cause we're scrolling, 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 scrolling. Yes. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah. And so touching on that, because I think, you know, we talked about this a little bit before we got started, but, um, and then I, I really want to do our, yeah, the group data. Um, yeah. Um, so, but one of the things that I think is challenging too is um, speaking of distractions, I'm a really sensitive person. I went to see, I don't see movies very often anymore, but I went to see Jurassic Park last mm-hmm. week with my girlfriend. And I was hysterically crying through the whole entire movie. It was so sad and so sorrowful. I'm yeah. super sensitive. I could do that watching the news too. Like there's so much sorrow and, you know, you go on Facebook and it's just really heartbreaking to know what's going on in the world with politics or with war or with even animal cruelty or child abuse or whatever is going on. I mean, I could probably go on forever. So how do you focus on healing and finding your purpose and, and fulfilling your purpose and still be conscious and aware of what's going mm-hmm. on in the world so that you can make a change or fulfill yeah. your purpose. Yeah. Um, thank you. It's a great, great question. Um, I think that it's a very personal choice. Um, And all that we can ever do is act in alignment with our internal guidance systems. The key is to spend enough time in the psychic gym and in our bodies that we are in connection with those internal guidance systems so that we can receive information about what is happening in the world and then make informed conscious choices about actions that we want to take that we are in alignment with for bringing about the world that we know is possible and wish to see and live in and participate in and create. So for me personally, it is a very, very limited, um, 
amount of information that I am taking in just in terms of news, just enough to know what is happening out there so that I can be informed and not be living inside of a privileged bubble of I'm creating love and light in the world. So I don't need to know about all the atrocities. So I'm going to just keep my head completely in the sand. But for me, it's about going out there just to get enough information that I am not bypassing what's happening, that I'm recognizing what is happening and then can take whatever actions I'm aligned with. So for me, I sign a lot of petitions. I post things that might be kind of like uh, confronting on Instagram, you know, like my 4th of July posts on my Insta stories were um, a black man being uh, kind of like drug on the ground by an American flag wrapped around his neck and a U.S., uh, uh, an American flag with um, statistics of how many percentage of us are immigrants and women and, you know, people of color. And so, like, I, I choose my own forms of activism and getting, you know, this awareness and information out. What I do simultaneously is as I'm going out there into the world to gather the information to be able to make these informed choices and choose how to act, I'm paying attention to my internal guidance system and feeling in my body so that I can recognize when I'm actually engaging with an article or a news story or a conversation to gather information and when I'm using it to feed fear or any other lower vibrational thought form or energy form. Because a lot of the times what happens is we go, we, we see a headline and we're like, oh, I should probably know what that's about. And then we go down a rabbit hole. And then the next thing you know, fear is being generated and growing inside of our bodies. And then we read the next one and then the next one. And then it's just like, we go to that, that dark place. (laughs) And so it's this kind of like a, a delicate balancing act of being willing to know and be aware of what is happening without feeding the fear by putting my attention and my energy there, but rather to go in, get what I need to get and get out and then use it in whatever are the highest and best ways for transformation. And that looks differently for everyone. For some people it's protesting, for some people it's boycotting certain stores, for other people it's you know speaking out in public, like everyone has their own flavor and there isn't any one right way. It's a very internal thing. For some people, like for myself, I get overwhelmed. You know, I'm like, I'm not doing enough. I'm not doing enough. So I, I like the way that you put that. It's, it's about doing something and doing it yeah. in your own way and using your own energy and your own, you know, unique approach to yes. make a difference in your own way. So I love that. Yes. And the, the being um, conscientious about our absorption of information because Jurassic Park and the news and all the other movies and Netflix shows. Oh my gosh, don't get me started on Netflix shows. <laughs> it's called programming yeah. for a reason. Yeah. And so we want to make conscientious choices about what we are programming ourselves with and or allowing others to program us with. Very well said. Yes, programming. It's such a good word because it is subconsciously. I mean, speaking of the subconscious, so many of us are not even aware when we're being programmed. 
there's so much going on. I mean, even you're scrolling and you've got a hundred, hundred things you see in five minutes and yeah. every single one of those things, you might not remember it. It's way into your conscious psyche. It's in yeah. there. So if you've yeah. seen a, you know, a physical fight or somebody, I don't know, whatever, it's it just, it, it, it's in your head. It's in your body. It's in your brain. Absolutely. Absolutely. And visual programming is one of the most, it, it really gets in there. The flash of that is stored somewhere. We see and have that image in us. Yeah. So one of the things that's great that I love about Theta Healing is that we can clear a lot of that stuff out and free up the space that it was taking in the energetic field and the body and the mind and the spirit and then replace it with more resourceful things so that we can then use that energy and apply it towards what we want to create in our lives rather than just being weighed down and then walking around feeling so heavy and half asleep and not wondering why we're so fatigued and need to drink coffee and eat sugar totally. and chocolate other things it's so true because honestly after watching jurassic park the next day i was so drained <laughs> i mean but yeah. yeah you literally i had like a hangover like an emotional yeah. hangover you know yes yes and this is actually one of the things that i really learned through orgasmic meditation is going for the true nutrient of what, what it is that we really desire rather than the empty calorie or toxic mimic of the thing that we really desire. So when we go towards empty calories, this is um, not a judgment in any way of like sleeping with someone we just meet. This is only a very particular example. If what you really want is a long-term committed relationship, but you're afraid you can't have it or you don't know that you're worthy of it and you keep just meeting people and jumping into bed with them immediately trying to get that little bit of connection that you can get right up, right there wherever you can get it, it's actually going to leave you with a hangover mm. because you're eating these empty calories or junk food on energetic, psychic, physical, and mental levels. And it's not filling you up with the actual nutrients that you need. So what it requires is deep investigation and inquiry into what we really want, work to understand and know that we're worthy of having it, um, whether that's with Theta Healing or Ohm or any other modality, and then taking action to go towards the true nutrient, the real, the real desire. That's so true. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. So. So we do it? Yeah, let's do it. I'm so excited. Okay. Awesome. So, um, so for your listeners, uh, um, just so everyone knows, Dora invited me to do a group theta healing on all of you who are tuning in. And would you like to participate as well? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, awesome. So whoever is um, tuning in and listening at any point in time, it doesn't matter when you're listening to this, I will facilitate these downloads and clearings uh, for you and witness them for you. All that I need is for you to answer this question with a yes if, if it is a yes for you. Okay, so may I have permission to access your energetic field and work with your energy? Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so with each of the downloads and each of the clearings, um, when I ask, uh, would you like this either to be pulled and released or to be, uh, downloaded or put in, if it sounds like something you want, just say yes out loud. 
All right. So I'm just going to take a moment to connect in with you, Dora, and with everyone who is tuning in to the recording. Uh, let me rephrase that. Everyone who's tuning into the recording who said yes out loud. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay, so I often like to start out with this uh, first download as the baseline for all future downloads. So can we give you the download, I know what unconditional love feels like in my body. And it is safe for me to feel unconditional love in my body. And I know what it feels like to feel worthy of unconditional love. It is possible for me to feel worthy of unconditional love. I know what it feels like to be worthy of unconditional love. And it is possible that I am worthy of unconditional love. And can we give you the download, I am worthy of unconditional love. Can we give you the download, I know how to receive unconditional love in the highest and best ways. And I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of receiving unconditional love. It is possible for me to unconditionally love myself. I know how to unconditionally love myself. I know how to live my daily life without delaying unconditionally loving myself until I lose weight. Without withholding unconditional love from myself until I look a different way. Or achieve a certain thing. or am in a relationship with another person. I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of unconditional love exactly as I am in this moment. Can we clear the belief that I have to perform in order to receive love? Can we clear the belief that love is performance-based? Can we pull and release the fear from everyone um, who says yes out loud that I'm afraid of love being withdrawn? Can we give everyone the download, I know how to live my daily life without the fear of the withdrawal of love? Can we clear the belief, I am unworthy of unconditional love? 
Can we clear the belief I have to prove my worthiness of love? Can we clear the belief from everyone who wants it um, cleared that I have to win love or that love must be won? Can we give everyone the download I was created worthy of love? I am lovable at my innermost essence. Who I am at my innermost essence is unconditional love. And I know how to access this unconditional love at my essence. I know what it feels like to live my daily life without fear of my own desire. Without fear of my own power. Without fear of being perceived as too powerful. Can we clear the belief that men are intimidated by powerful women? Can we clear the belief that in order to relate with men, I must hide my power? And can we give everyone the download, I understand beauty through the perspective of unconditional love. I know what beauty through the perspective of unconditional love feels like in my body. I know what it feels like to feel beautiful. It's possible for me to feel beautiful. I know how to feel beautiful in my daily life experience. Can we clear the belief that I am ugly? Can we give everyone the download, I know how to live my daily life without feeling ugly? Can we give everyone the download, it's safe for me to look into the ugliness and discover what lives inside? And I know how to safely do this in the highest and best ways. It is safe for me to see what's in there. I know how to live my daily life without focusing on what is wrong. It's possible for me to live my daily life without focusing on what's wrong, without looking for what's wrong in every situation and scenario, without looking for what is wrong in every relationship, and without looking for what is wrong inside of me. Can we clear the belief there is something wrong with me? And can we give everyone the download, I know myself through the perspective of unconditional love. I know how to know myself through the perspective of unconditional love. It is safe for me to know myself through the perspective of unconditional love. And I am ready to know myself through the perspective of unconditional love. It is safe for me to see myself through the perspective of unconditional love. 
And it is safe for me to see others through the perspective of unconditional love. Can we clear the belief that I need to keep myself separate in order to be safe? And can we give you the download? I know what it feels like to feel safe in connection. I know how to feel safe in connection. And it is possible for me to feel safe in connection. I understand connection through the perspective of unconditional love. I know what connection through the perspective of unconditional love feels like in my body. I know what it feels like to feel worthy of connection, to be worthy of connection, to be safe in connection. I am worthy in connect of connection and I am safe in connection. Good. Um, it is safe for me to live my daily life without cutting myself off from my body. Without cutting myself off from my body's knowing. Without cutting myself off from my emotional intuition. Without cutting myself off from my psychic intuition. Good. I know what my connection to unconditional love feels like in my body. I know how to maintain and cultivate this connection in the highest and best ways. Can we give you the download? I am already doing this and I'm worthy of doing this. Can we give everyone the download? I know what it feels like to, and I know how to live my daily life without second guessing myself. And it is safe for me to live my daily life without second guessing myself. I understand trust through the perspective of unconditional love. I know what trust through the perspective of unconditional love feels like in my body. I know how to trust. I know when to trust. It is possible for it to be safe for me to trust myself. And then any and all evidence that you have accumulated that proves you are not safe to trust yourself, that no longer serves you in the highest and best way to hang on to and to continue storing in the cells of your body and your energetic fields, can we clear that evidence out of your space that it's unsafe for me to trust myself? Can we give everyone the download? I know what it feels like in my body to feel and be safe trusting myself.
I know how to trust myself without the fear of failure. I know how to live my daily life without being frozen by the fear of failure. By the fear of embarrassment. By the fear of having my shadow exposed. It is safe for me to explore my own shadow. And through the exploration of my own shadow, I release its hold over me. Can we clear the belief from everyone that there's anything that I have done, could have done, or could ever do that could make me unworthy of unconditional love? And then any and all shame around our choices in the past leading up to this very now moment that is no longer serving us in the highest and best way, can we clear that shame out of all the cells of your bodies and all levels energetically for now and eternity? Can we give everyone the download? It is safe for me to release this shame. Can we clear the belief that it is this shame that keeps me safe? Can we clear the belief that I need to hang on to shame to protect myself? Can we clear the belief that I need to hang on to this or any other shame to block me from knowing or going for my desires? Can we give everyone the download I know what it feels like to feel worthy of moving towards my desires? I know how to move towards my desires in the highest and best ways. And then for anyone out there who's gotten indoctrinated with the programming that it is selfish for me to move towards my desires, can we clear that out from your space? And replace it with, I know how to be guided on my path by my desire in the highest and best way. And it's safe for me to do this. And I have, uh, it's part of my divine birthright to do this. And I'm already doing it. Okay, can we clear the belief that I have to be perfect before I let myself move on my desires? Can we give everyone the download? I know how to live my daily life without using perfectionism to keep me from my desires. Without using perfectionism to keep me from joy. Without using perfectionism to keep me from connection. 
without using perfectionism to keep me from purpose. I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of living a daily life of joy. I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of living a daily life of connection. I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of living a daily life of desire. And I know what it feels like to feel and be worthy of living a daily life of purpose. It is safe for me to do this. And I am already doing this. I know what it feels like to access my beauty from the inside out. I know how to access my beauty from the inside out. And I live my daily life accessing my beauty from the inside out. I am worthy of this. This is my divine birthright. It's easy for me. It is safe for me. And I am already doing it. Okay, good. All right, so just to wrap you all up, like the beautiful presence that you are, can I have permission to open and align each of your chakras in the highest and best way and download you with unconditional love? Okay, so I'm going to come up and out of everyone's energetic fields who gave me permission to come in and go ahead and take a nice deep breath out and in and back out again to come fully back to your current physical surroundings with all of your downloads and all of your clearings. You're so welcome. It's my one of my passions. I love sharing this work. Oh my gosh, how powerful. I can't thank wait. Receiving. Yeah, thank you so much, Alexis. Yeah. I, I do want to ask you before we wrap up. Yeah. Um, I love to ask this to all of my guests. Yeah. What are what are your three top beauty biohacks? And I bet you I know the first one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, my number one top beauty biohack, you might not know, it's actually inner confidence because when we as men and women exude confidence, that's when we are the most attractive, the sexiest, the most desirable, and it just feels the best inside of our own bodies. So number one is self-confidence. And then two, how do you have that self-confidence through deep self-love? And then three, how do you cultivate deep self-love is through practice. So for me, that's orgasmic meditation and 
theta healing and Vedic meditation and dance. And for you, it can be painting and drawing and writing and kickboxing. And it really doesn't matter. But it's the thing that lights you up and reminds you of who you are and your power and your beauty that has you carry yourself with confidence in the world that has you beautiful, radiating beauty of the deepest, purest kind, which is what we all crave to see and feel and experience more of on this planet. That's beautiful. And I I wanted to ask you, what is your personal definition of beauty? Mm. Mm. It is rightness with what is. So it is accepting and acknowledging what is and getting into or being in alignment with what is. So not attempting to dodge or distract or avoid, but rather to simply be with all of my or anyone else's presence with what is in a state of acceptance. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And where can people find you? <laughs> yes, people can find me through the moniker of Theta School of Magic, T H E T A School of Magic. That's my website, my Instagram, my Facebook. It's everything. And, um, I would love for for people to know that I'm leading my very first ever retreat this year in December of 2018, co-facilitating with a dear friend. And it's on my website, thetaschoolofmagic.com. You can find the link. It's called Embody the Soul. And we're going to combine dance and kundalini and hatha yoga with breathwork and sound healing and theta healing for four four nights and five days in Guatemala on Lake Atitlan. So that is happening and you're invited. Oh my gosh. I might be there. <laughs> that, sounds, that. that sounds like the culmination of everything you would want in life. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so excited. Well, I hope to be there and I hope that you listeners come too. Cause how fun would that be? Absolutely. Oh yes. I would love to meet some of you in person. Yay. Oh, thank you, Alexis. You are magnificent. This was so powerful and oh my gosh I can't wait to share it so thank you thank you so much for having me Dora it's been such a pleasure and I can't wait to know you more I know me too thank you thank you thank you so much for listening to this amazing episode and if you got to hear the theta healing session My oh my, I hope you enjoyed it and I hope you feel elevated. Um, Drink a little bit of water today, a little bit of extra water to just kind of move everything out and just notice what you're feeling, what comes up and what's different. Uh, I'd love to hear your feedback. So if you're open, please let me know on Instagram or tell me and tag me on your stories. I'd love to know what feels different and if you notice anything. Thank you again for listening. If you liked this show, please share it with 
anyone and everyone. Theta healing is magical and this show is just one of the many ways that this modality is making its way into people's minds and their hearts. And so I would love for you to share this episode with someone that might need this in their life or might be looking for this. If you would, please subscribe if you haven't yet, and please rate the podcast. You can go and just press the stars on the bottom of the podcast section on your phone, or you can always go to my website as well and find the link to the iTunes podcast or the Spotify version of the podcast on Spotify. Let's keep vibrating higher and sharing the power of healing, beauty, and love with each other. Thank you for tuning in. Have a beautiful week.